I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support CanadaLand. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a CanadaLand supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. comes with a 20-year warranty. And a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. Forget press releases, forget press agents, publicists, forget advertorials and sponsored content, native content, forget all of it. If what you want for your company, for your government bureau is total control of a news story, why bother with pesky journalists who are going to check the facts and get the other side of the story? No, here's what you do. Write your own news story. Write an article. Produce a TV news segment, a radio story, and just offer it for free to struggling cash-strapped newspapers or broadcasters, anybody who wants to run it. That is exactly what Public Works Canada has done. They have paid a company called News Canada $1.25 million to make government news and offer it for free to the media, and the media has been taking the stories and running them. This story was broken by independent news site Blacklock's Reporter, and that site's editor Tom Korski will join me in a minute. Wait for it. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Brendan Lanigan, Duncan McKinnon, Kindar Raharashal, Mike, Joey Taylor, 
Colin McIntyre, David Cahoe, Victor Martins, Chris Clements, Shane Fowler, and Mark Bylock, who is the author of a very handsome volume called The Whiskey Cabinet, Your Guide to Enjoying the Most Delicious Whiskeys in the World. I like bourbon. I like scotch. I asked Mark about Canadian whiskey. Is Canadian whiskey just for, like, grandfathers and drunks? Can we be proud of our whiskey? Is there, like, point me in the direction of a good Canadian right. whiskey. I, I think we can get there. I think we're getting there with Canadian whiskey. Canadian whiskey's getting more flavor to it. Um, before Traditionally, Canadian whiskey was all about, let, let's give you a mild whiskey. Let's give you a mild whiskey with little flavor, uh, something not too offensive. Very much kind of like a Canadian thing. Let's give you a whiskey that's not very offensive, right? <laughs> Canadian whiskey is polite and very offensive. polite. Like, you'll enjoy it. You'll, you know, you'll be like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. But there are a lot of whiskeys that are coming out that are rye heavy. And there's a distillery in Alberta that does really terrific ryes. And they're harsh ryes with lots of character, like the kind of whiskeys I like. There's over 100 brands of whiskey reviewed in The Whiskey Cabinet by Mark Bylock. It is the number one whiskey guide on Amazon, Canada, and U.S. And that's where you can go to buy a copy. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. We hear a lot about the opioid crisis. We talk a lot about the mental health crisis. These are serious problems. These problems affect us all. They've affected my life and my community. They're not intractable problems. I don't know what's going to solve them on a policy level, but day-to-day helping people, that's what CAMH does. They do it on the ground when people need help, and they do it through research. The team at CAMH gave our team a tour of their facilities, and we were really just blown away by the incredible heroic work that they're doing every day. They treat everyone with dignity and their research is seeking and finding real solutions for everyone around the world. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool, doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer. And it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. What is News Canada? News Canada is a publicist. What they do is they are, in effect, a wholesaler. They will have corporate clients, or in this case, the government of Canada, that will provide them with guidance and material for stories, quote-unquote, that they will then script with the scripts vetted by the client and then be distributed at no cost without any copyright or royalty or fee of any kind to anyone who wants to use it completely free. When this shows up in a newspaper, on a television news broadcast, on the radio, is it identified as something that was written by a PR firm? Well, it's identified as uh, with a credit slug to News Canada. 
Now, whether that's an Orwellian term or not, I guess is a subjective matter of opinion. Whether a viewer, a reader, or a listener would understand that News Canada is a publicist, or whether they would confuse that with an actual news organization that covers Canada, is a point of discussion. But that's the only identification. News Canada would not identify to readers, viewers, or clients the source of the material, in this case, the Department of Public Works. Why are you being coy? If you see a news story where normally you would see, uh, you know, AP or any other wire service, Canadian Press, instead you just see it, it says NC for News Canada, you have no opportunity to know that that's coming from a PR firm. I mean, you, you would think that's from a, a, a traditional wire service. I think that's the design. I think it's designed that way, correct. And in fact, uh, it's coming from a number of sources, one of which is, is the federal government. That's right. You've learned. That's right. How did you, how did you find that out? Uh, it was just a contract notice. There's uh, thousands of them every week. Just a very routine contract notice. There was, this was a sole source contract. So 1.25 million. Uh, and there was no competition on the contract, which automatically raises your interest. But uh, yeah, just a very routine contract notice. Yeah, and this is not coming from the $500 million that uh, Public Works spends on advertising. This is a separate editorial budget, I guess, a million, $1.25 million a year for, for the government to write news. Uh, that is uh, exactly the function. They have many programs, you know, and different squads of government. There, there have been the Foreign Aid Agency, uh, Canadian International Development Agency, used to actually have a program where they paid reporters to cover CETA's stories. There are myriad programs under many Orwellian names, and this is one of them. Why does the government do this? Why does Public Works Canada want to plant news stories in the present, and what sort of news stories are they planting? I think they do it because you wouldn't pay this volume of money. You wouldn't pay a million and a quarter if you didn't think it was worthwhile. I think their point would be to bypass scrutiny, regular media, the common editorial checks that every newsroom worth its name does to get a certain point across. For instance, there is a public works itself. This is one of the more innocuous examples. There are some that were we found on the News Canada feeds, in fact, that are we're pretty outrageous, one involving Aboriginal land claims. But one of the more innocuous examples is Public Works itself. Public Works is determined they want to get out of the paper check business. So effective in 2016, they would like anyone who receives a check of any kind from the government of Canada to go to electronic deposit, automatic deposit. Mm -hmm. The difficulty is their own polling, in-house polling we've found, identifies about a quarter of Canadians simply don't want to give their bank account number to the government of Canada. Raises the a government lot of, of Canada who r- routinely have compromised people's private information. And raises hard raises and a lot downstairs. of questions. Makes, yeah. It makes a, a good, solid one in four Canadians very nervous. Mm-hmm. So what does Public Works want News Canada to write about for its own department? It wants a lot of stories on the beauty, the efficiency, and the friendliness of direct deposit. That's why they would use News Canada. What does this look like if you're, you know, like if, if I wanted to run wire copy, you know, AP wire stories on my website, I'd have to pay Associated Press a fee. I don't have to pay 
for these stories that, that the government wrote or approved the writing of and edited. Do I know where it's coming from when I, when I pull a story for free and use it on my website? As an editor, you would. As a newsroom, you would. It would have to be a very obtuse person. Uh, I can't imagine an editor wouldn't know who, who had vetted those scripts and where the source material was from. It's News Canada is, it's not a, you know, these are not the Napoleons of crime. It's, they're very straight up. They're, they're publicists. You go to their website. You can see, you, I don't know. I can't imagine an editor would have had trouble figuring out where a story would come from. Though it's not explicit. Like, you know that it was paid for, but you don't know who with each story, though. You could probably read between the lines. I think you could read between the lines. Though the, uh, you spoke to uh, the president, Shelley Middlebrook, who told you that it, it's just like Canadian press. She did. She explained that uh, because I asked, um, how would a viewer, reader, or listener know that this was paid? In this case, paid by, this was sponsored news. Some people call that an advertisement. This was paid by the government of Canada in the case of Public Works, just one and a quarter million. And she said, well... They wouldn't know that, but they would know that it comes from us because it was have a News Canada slug, just like Canadian press stories have a CP slug. Mm-hmm. Two services, two slugs. Same thing. That's what she said. Just looking at some of these headlines, uh, supersize your tax refund. Uh, farmers are interested in the environment. Food and beverage industry raises the bar on nutrition. Uh, <laughs> hey, new graduate, check out the insurance industry. Uh, these are very, this is, these are happy news stories. <laughs> who is printing this stuff? What, what, who, what news? Like, we have to name names, don't we? I mean, if people are knowingly running stuff that they know is paid for, we, like, we, I think it's fair game for us to, 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 to say who they are. This was an awkward and disturbing moment. The, news Canada's numbers are very impressive as they were related to me by the president. They said they had 72 to 73 percent of dailies in Canada. Daily newspapers in Canada at some point would run a News Canada story. They said they have about 60% of weeklies, and 350 to 400 radio stations in Canada. Those are very impressive take-up numbers. But I didn't know we had 350 radio stations. Uh, apparently, even with chains, there would be more. Uh, I, I, oh, I'm going to embarrass myself. The last time I saw it count, I thought it was over 1,200. Uh-huh. But their client list, of course, is uh, unknown, it is verifiable only between News Canada and the provider, in this case, the Department of Public Works. They do audit usage. Public Works presumably would expect some bang for $1.25 million uh, on this contract. But uh, I think you would find it difficult to find any editor who's proud of the fact that they would run this in a daily, a weekly, or on a radio show or television cable station. You know, we talked about some kind of... Uh almost laughable propagandistic headlines just sort of extolling the, the benefits of various government programs. But it, it can get a little bit more disturbing and nefarious than that. I mean, like just reading some of this copy, how do you write a past wrong? Well, the government of Canada has been working towards finding solutions to do just that. Canada has made a commitment to reconciling relationships with First Nation people. The future looks bright. More win-win solutions are in the works to bring closure and justice for all. Uh, this is like, this is scary stuff. You know, Jesse, I, everyone gets the economics. It's not profound. Everyone knows the labor costs and media 
just like in any other business, box, factory, or muffler shop, it's your number one cost. And it's dead overhead. It goes right to your bottom line. If you want to save money in the newsroom, you fire reporters. Everyone mm-hmm. gets that. What is troubling to me is you know, box factories and muffler shops are not in the Constitution. So you, a muffler is not integrity. You do have this constitutional protection that requires media not to be licensed, which means they did, you do not take direction from the Department of Public Works. You say, why would someone, why would someone in the newsroom be so far down the rabbit hole that you would embrace this and hope that no one notices? It's a stream of thought like Canada Post deciding they can save money by not delivering the mail anymore. Whether it's self-loathing, whether it's a loss of direction, whether it's inexplicable to me. Anyone who runs that story on Aboriginal land claims because public works said so, heaven forbid you should pick up a phone and talk to a First Nations chief or their attorney about how it's going. It's beyond despairing. I think it is self-loathing. I would love to speak to an editor who ran this story because I don't know people like this, but they're out there and apparently there's a lot of them. The Toronto Star wrote about this as well and pointed out that one of the Canada news stories on also on on, uh, Aboriginal issues, a story on, on this Nutrition North program, this government program where the news copy claimed that uh, there were lower food prices in the North thanks to this program. And apparently the Auditor General uh, said that the Aboriginal Affairs Department actually doesn't know if that's true. So, you know, it's not even spin at a certain point. It, it's, it's just, it sounds like it's just lies. Well, it's, you know, it's propaganda. And, and, and Middlebrook, the president of News Canada, was asked, is this propaganda? She said, heavens, rue the day. It was, if it was propaganda, editors wouldn't use it. But well, look it was at, bad propaganda. Uh, exactly. <laughs> but, but for instance, Nutrition North. Nutrition North replaced a program. They abandoned a program, and it was uh, mail subsidies. They abandoned mail subsidies for food, and they went with this direct uh, grant program. Some of the subsidies in there are out of sight. Auditors look at that. They don't like it. There's been panels, advisory panels, look at that program. They don't like it. But someone is going to run that story that claims, yeah, this goes beyond, uh, you know, a Potemkin claim of a successful program that doesn't actually perform its function. But is it a lie? Is it a lie that First Nations means justice for all on land claim settlements? Well, of course it's a lie. Everyone knows that Mm -hmm. after a century of litigation. But someone is using that story. And they're using the story because they want to fill the white space between the ads. And that's disturbing. Yeah, they seem like the kind of like feel-good stories that you'd see just in a little, uh, you know, circular, like a little community newspaper. The problem is, though, that these are going into the news section, right? Yeah. Some of them, everyone knows there's a daily section. I mean, the wheels, uh, the travel section, the home section on Saturday, everyone knows those are host jobs. Those are all uh, paid copy and placements. The problem is this strays into the news department. Yeah. And the one weekly chain that I saw that had picked up uh, uh, farmers in the environment, that was run as a straight commentary on their op-ed page. Uh-huh. Like, that's an editorial endorsement, right? 
That's pretty sleazy. Tom, you reported this. Uh, I think it, it came out on on your site on Black Locks Reporter the same day that the Star published on it. it was the day before. You were a day before them. Correct. I thought that's what I saw when I originally looked at the two items. They're, they are now listed as both uh, being published on the same date. Uh, no, ours was the day before. The, yeah. Their story was a follow. I thought that the Star story was on the 20th and yours the 19th, but the Star story now re- reads the 19th. But thank you for confirming that they followed you. They don't credit you. Do you know that they picked it up from you? I, I don't know that. I don't know the reporter who did the story. Uh-huh. But our story was unlocked. Uh, most of our copy is paywalled. We are a subscription-based service. Uh, that story was unlocked. It went on National Newswatch uh, website, uh, I think, about 9 o'clock that morning. Thousands of people saw it before the Toronto Star did. Tell me a little bit about Black Locks Reporter. I mean, um, I, I, I admit that uh, when it comes to paywalled news services, I'm not as up-to-date about what's going on behind those walls as I am with uh, content that is just sort of freely passed around. But this is a, uh, a, a small news organization that has broken a number of stories, right? Uh, we're reporter-owned and operated. We're in our third year. Mm-hmm. We have um, six contributors weekly, uh, reporters. We move about uh, 32 to 35 stories, all original content a week. Uh, we cover bills and regulations, Committees, public accounts, access to information, federal courts, no politics per se. We're based in uh, uh, Parliament Hill. Uh, There's some long-time reporters associated with it. And uh, that's what we do. It's all subscription-based. Going into our third year, uh, everyone's happy with the way it's going. So you're selling news. You got to break news if you're selling news. I mean, it's uh, and and I guess you're selling it. This is uh, to Ottawa. Like, are you selling this? Are your clients individuals, or are they are they government departments? Who, who's your customer? We have uh, unions, trade associations, attorneys. We have clients in uh, every province in the country. There's a lot of federally regulated industries, uh, and there's a lot of people. There's over a million people work in federally regulated uh, workplaces. And there's also people who just like to know what the shenanigans are going on in Ottawa. We do have uh, just, you know, mom and pop subscribers. Uh, But the majority of our uh, subscription base is, uh, like, as I mentioned, uh, trade associations, uh, unions. People are interested in what's happening with courts, privacy issues, bills, that sort of thing. I picked up a story you guys broke about uh, the CBC taking $65,000 from Parks Canada in what seems very blatantly to be an exchange for news coverage on the national. Classic. (laughs) I was amazed that that story didn't get further pickup. I mean, that seemed to me to be uh, a major scandal. Uh, I mean, I I can't tell if you guys are picked up too much without credit or too little. I don't know what to say. I I, I don't, uh, I, I can't speak to follows. I, I, you know, we write those stories for, for subscribers, though, and they really enjoy them. The, 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 the Arctic story, yeah, that was a classic. <laughs> it was gold. Um, uh, yeah, some people some people followed it. And some, I think the Huffington Post followed it. And, they, of course, they distribute for free and then others follow. But, uh, I, I, you know, virtue is its own reward. We like to do these stories and subscribers like it a lot. And is that the core competence? I mean, I don't, I don't see a lot of like editorial. You've got reporters breaking news. It's only news. Uh, we have uh, the only features on there are we have a, a poet and he does a beautiful poem. And that's free. That's unlocked every Sunday. 
And we have a University Press book review every Saturday, Canadian and nonfiction. And the rest of it is straight news, the only commentary, guest commentaries by uh, public officials once a week. The rest of it is just old-timey news. It really is. It's just straight news. What's the subscription cost? Subscription for an individual is $157 a year. Uh-huh. So what you're doing isn't supposed to work. Uh, it's contrary to the logic and, you know, you know nobody's going to pay for news. Are you telling me that this is a, a going enterprise? Is, is this uh, profitable? Uh, we just went through the numbers the other day, in fact, and the ending our second year, uh, revenues are up about 14%. There's not a penny of debt on the company. All the bills are getting paid. It's a slow build. There's no doubt about it. This is not a growth industry. But we think this is the only way that you can ever recover the costs that are necessary to find news. You have to send a reporter to cover these courts, these committees, these stories. You have to have boots on the ground. Because otherwise, News Canada starts looking good. You know, we'd love to expand, but um, we think it's sustainable. And when you pay for it, you find out very quickly whether it's sustainable or not. Are you finding as you send, uh, you know, boots on the ground that they are the only boots on the ground? I mean, as we see uh, the business cratering and uh, bureaus closing and reporters getting laid off, is this going to be the way a direct kind of cash for for reporting transaction? Uh, Are are your reporters like the only ones uh, on the scene in, in, in certain instances? I don't like the answer I'm going to give you, but it's the honest answer, and the and it is surprisingly very often it is. You would think there would be a stream of reporters covering federal court, and it just doesn't happen. That there would be a lot of reporters who know how a bill becomes a law and follow bills and understand bills and read them and talk to people about how it affects them, but that doesn't happen. We don't do anything that every newsroom didn't do. 35 years ago, mm-hmm. but they don't do it now. I'll tell you, you know, we're, we're kind of uh, approaching a, a similar problem with two, two very different strategies. You don't uh, really care much about outcomes, you're saying, and, and uh, the, the impact of a story. You're not terribly active on social media, pumping your content. It's, it's for your subscribers. It, it seems like in a way, like you say, like you're, you're relying on tried and true. I look at other things like iPolitics, and they're trying some sort of hybrid thing where they want to have a high-profile and sustain paywalled content. Are, are, are you making kind of like a straight play for you know premium content that you got to pay for if you want it? That's exactly what it is. Now, we know that this model works because there are other examples of it. There's some in the United States. There's some in Canada. I don't understand the other models. I have to be candid. They seem to me economically sustainable. I can count ad lineage and costs just like everyone else. There, how do I put this politely? We don't take, neither solicit nor accept any government funding. We don't Mm -hmm. solicit or accept any block funding from any association of any kind. This is self-financed. That makes it very honest. It also makes it, it, by necessity if no other reason, you have a very intimate relationship with your subscribers. It's delivery, 
there has to be some integrity. I don't say this in a self-aggrandizing way. They have to have a value for when they pay $157 and you have to give it to them. And if they don't like it, they're going to let you know. That's very self-correcting. If there's a more sustainable way for the media to go forward, you're exactly right. This is very old time and this is how newsrooms worked for over a century. I don't know what it could be, Jesse. Ever consider crowdfunding? Well, how many times can you ask them, though? You can ask them once, but how many times can you ask them? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you about this thing called Patreon later, but uh, I feel like I could learn more from you. Um, thanks very much, Tom. My pleasure. Good to talk to you, Jesse. That's your Canada Lens Show. I hope you enjoyed it. You can email me at jesse at jessebrown.ca. I'm on Twitter at jessebrown, and the website is canadalandshow.com. The crowdfunding site is patreon.com slash canadaland. Special thanks this week to J.P. Davidson. The next episode of Canada Land Shortcuts will be up on Thursday. If you like this show, support it. Thank you.